48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Aaron Tam. The headlines. Chief Executive John Lee sets out more details of his plan for government as he faces questions in LegCo as the administration proposes a two and a half percent raise for civil servants. A unionist lawmaker says that's not enough. And Macau authorities lock down one of the SAR's landmark hotels as they attempt to stem a COVID outbreak. The chief executive, John Lee, has told his first Legislative Council question and answer session that his administration will set up working groups as soon as possible to tackle four key problems for Hong Kong. Mr. Lee says the groups will look at intergenerational poverty and disadvantaged young people, land supply, district affairs and the production of public housing. The chief executive told lawmakers that his style of governance is about taking action, producing results and resolving issues. Now, I will require um, all directors' bureau to set targets for their work. And then if there are issues, they must uh, address them and there must be a stronger accountability culture so there will be more effective governance. All uh, directors' bureau must submit their targets to the chief executive's office in August. The Chief Secretary Eric Chan, who is leading the task force on tackling intergenerational poverty, says his initial thoughts involve formulating a one-year scheme to support junior secondary school pupils from grassroots families. Mr. Chan says the scheme will include mentor matching, personal development planning and financial assistance. We need to teach them how to achieve a a proper goal in life and how to plan their life and also how to achieve their, uh, their goal and how step by step to make their dreams to come true. I think this is the very important focus that we are doing now. The Deputy Chief Secretary Chuck Wing Heng is overseeing the Working Group on District Affairs. The Financial Secretary Paul Chan is heading the task force on boosting the la- supply of land and housing, although he says its responsibilities go beyond those two areas. We will be publishing the forecast of land supply in the coming decade to enhance transparency and also enhance uh, this oversight by the public of the work of the government in this respect. I will be also overseeing the various ancillary community facilities to make sure those facilities are completed in time to support the residents moving in. Mr. Chan's deputy, Michael Wong, says he is confident that his working group on building public housing will submit concrete proposals during the administration's first 100 days in office, as the chief executive requested. Mr. Lee also says he is setting up what he describes as the chief executive's policy unit to help him make decisions with a macro perspective. Of course, I have to uh, take care of uh, public sentiments, the needs of different sectors of Hong Kong, for instance, the uh, aspirations of the middle class as well as the grassroots. I have to be fully aware of all these demands. If I adopt a broad brush approach, it will create unnecessary problems. So there should be a fine breakdown of different policies. It will be thoroughly discussed by my policy unit. He says the unit will also have to fully understand national development and keep a watch on the international situation.
A unionist lawmaker says a pay rise of between 3 and 4 percent for civil servants would be more appropriate than the proposed 2.5 percent increase. Lam Chun Singh from the Federation of Hong Kong and Kowloon Labour Unions says the proposal made by Exco yesterday doesn't take into account inflation, staff morale and the previous two-year salary freeze. He said he hoped the government could make adjustments after meeting civil, civil, civil service groups today. The government always said that Hong Kong's economy has been facing a complex uh, situation under the fifth wave of pandemic situation and also faced some uncertainties in the future. Only these issues, but the government did not consider other factors, for example, the cost of living, the inflation and increase in the consumer price index and the lower grade civil servant staff also suffer a lot and they do not have salary increase for the past two years affect the morale of the civil Macau has locked down the Grand Lisboa, one of its most famous hotels, after more than a dozen COVID-19 cases were found there yesterday. At least 16 other buildings across the city are also locked down, with no one allowed to exit or enter. Vicky Wong reports. The Grand Lisboa is the second casino hotel locked down in recent weeks. Macau authorities put the hotel under its list of red code zones on Tuesday, with an expected reopening date of July the 11th. Owned by SJM Holdings, which was started by the late Stanley Ho, the Lisboa is one of the city's most well-known landmarks. The authorities have placed more than 13,000 people under quarantine orders as the world's biggest gambling hub battles to contain its biggest outbreak since the pandemic began. Macau has recorded more than 900 coronavirus infections since mid-June. Prior to that, it had largely been COVID-free since an outbreak in October 2021. Hong Kong's two main legal groups have underlined that the judiciary must be free from interference after the police explosive squad was called in to deal with a suspicious parcel sent to the High Court yesterday. Here's Joanne Wong. The president of the Law Society, C.M. Chan, said the body condemned all acts of intimidation against the judiciary. The Bar Association, meanwhile, said any violence or threat against the judiciary is unacceptable and intolerable. The police are investigating after a parcel containing unknown powder was sent to the High Court. The Explosive Ordnance Disposal Bureau was deployed to handle it. No one was hurt. The Law Society's Mr. Chan says all parties should respect the rule of law and safeguard the dignity of the court. He pointed out that the basic law provides that the judiciary should operate free from interference. The bar noted that judges must be absolutely free to carry out their judicial duties without any interference, fear or favor. The Hong Kong Wild Boar Concern Group is again urging the government to scrap a policy that allows it to capture and kill the feral animals and to revive its contraception and relocation scheme. The group's Ronnie Wong was commenting after the administration announced it wanted to expand a ban on the feeding of wild animals to cover all of Hong Kong and, should, and introduce tougher penalties for offenders in a bid to curtail a wild boar nuisance. Mr. Wong told RTHK that better urban planning could reduce conflict between people and wildlife. Our organization do not oppose the suggestion by the government in stepping up the effort in combating the illegal feeding of the rubbles. I think more important is that the government should first terminate the killing wobbles policy first and republish the uh, contraception and return policy of the wobbles. Overseas, 
The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has been forced to carry out a reshuffle after two of his most senior ministers resigned over his leadership. The Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak, and the Health Secretary, Sajid Javid, both said they could no longer support Mr. Johnson. The Prime Minister has been accused of making several misleading statements. The leader of the opposition, Labour Party, Keir Starmer, said the government was now collapsing. But the former Cabinet Minister and Johnson critic, Andrew Mitchell, said removing him from office would be difficult. It's a bit like the death of Rasputin. He's been poisoned, stabbed, he's been <laughs> shot, his body's been dumped Poisonous in the freezing yeah. river and still he lives. This is an abnormal Prime Minister, a brilliantly charismatic, very funny, very amusing, big, big character. But I'm afraid he has neither the character nor the temperament to be our Prime Minister. Jacob Rees-Mogg, the Minister for Brexit Opportunities, made this comment. There have been differences between the Prime Minister and the Chancellor, and I think that's why we've got the tax rates that we've got. And I think it's very important that the Chancellor and the Prime Minister are at one. It's one of the key relationships within government, and if Rishi felt that he was not at one with the Prime Minister, then uh, he was right to leave his office. Prosecutors in the U.S. state of Illinois say the suspect in Monday's mass shooting at a 4th of July parade near Chicago has been charged with seven counts of first-degree murder. Robert Cremo is accused of firing at spectators during Independence Day celebrations. The area's state attorney, Eric Reinhardt, described the shooting as a well-orchestrated crime. The Lake County State's Attorney's Office has charged Robert Cremo III with seven counts of first-degree murder. For the killing spree that he has unleashed against our community. These are just the first of many charges that will be filed against Mr. Cremo. There will be more charges. We anticipate dozens of more charges centering around each of the victims. Psychological victims, physical victims, attempt murder charges, aggravated discharge charges. There will be dozens of more charges against Mr. Cremo. The Norwegian government has ended the oil and gas strike that was threatening to lead to severe cuts in exports. It imposed a forced settlement on the striking key workers whose union has said members will return to work as soon as possible. The details from the BBC's Aristo Puka. The strike was small. Only 74 people took part, but they were in key positions and the impact was massive. There were fears that the industrial action could cut gas supplies from Norway by up to 60%. Such a reduction would have come at a difficult moment for Europe. Supplies from Russia have already been reduced because of the conflicts in Ukraine. So the socialist governments in Oslo took the rare step of imposing a settlement to end the strike. The union is only getting the same pay rise as others in the sector. Currencies. The U.S. dollar is trading at 135.32 yen. The euro stands at one U.S. dollar and two cents. The pound gets you nine Hong Kong dollars and 38 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was 21,546, 306 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $74 billion. To sport, and we start with tennis at Wimbledon, where Novak Djokovic remains on course for a seventh title. He fought back from dropping the first two sets against the 10th seed Yannick Sinner. Djokovic says taking a break at the end of the second set was the turning point. The inner fight is always the biggest fight that you have to fight on the court and off the court. And, and you know, I, I always believed that I could turn the match around. I've done that quite a few times in the, in the Grand Slams of being two sets to love down. Maybe it's the experience, maybe it's the toilet break, maybe it's uh, everything combined. But I'm, I'm just glad I'm through. 
Djokovic will play Britain's Cameron Norrie on Friday for a place in this year's final. With more on that and the latest from the women's draw, here's the BBC's Delith Lloyd. He'll now face Britain's Cameron Norrie after he beat David Goffin in five sets. Tunisia's Angebeur continues to be a trailblazer into the last four of a slam for the first time after coming from a set down to knock out the unseeded Marie Buskova of the Czech Republic. While Tatiana Maria is also a first-time semi-finalist aged 34. Incredibly, she gave birth to her second daughter just 14 months ago, but she knocked out her countrywoman Yuli Niemeyer in an entertaining three-sets match. Jabber and Maria are close friends off the court and will face each other tomorrow. Both are playing in a Grand Slam semi-final for the first time. Jabber says Maria is an inspiration. I love Tatiana so much and her family is really amazing. She's my barbecue buddy, you know. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it's going to be uh, uh, tough to play her, obviously, but uh, she's a great friend. I am really happy for her that she's in the semifinal. I know uh, she's one of the examples that I, I wish players would look up to her because she really suffered to, to play and to win rounds in Grand Slams. And look at her now. She's a semifinal after having two babies. It's really amazing story. French football giants Paris Saint-Germain have named Christophe Gaultier as their new manager. He replaces Mauricio Pochettini, who was fired yesterday. Gaultier is the seventh coach in 11 years of PSG's Qatari ownership. He led Lille to the French title in 2021 and joined Nice last season. The team finished fifth but knocked PSG out of the French Cup. Gaultier says he looks forward to the challenge of managing the biggest names in football. I'm not going to revolutionise the dressing room. Firstly, I'm going to observe and then listen. But I know I'll have the full support of everyone and of the management to make my own decisions from the moment that any player doesn't follow the project. And I must remind you, there'll be no compromise whatsoever on this subject. In ice hockey, the San Jose Sharks have made former NHL player Mike Greer the first black general manager in league history. He replaces Doug Wilson, who stepped down for health reasons in April. Greer last worked as an advisor for the New York Rangers. As a player, he spent three of his 14 seasons with the Sharks. And the weather, mainly cloudy with showers and a few thunderstorms. Showers will be heavier over parts of the city. The maximum temperature will be about 30 degrees. Moderate southwesterly winds occasionally fresh offshore. The outlook, occasional showers and thunderstorms tomorrow. Weather will improve gradually later this week. Uh, the temperature now is 30 degrees with the humidity at 79%. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Chief Executive John Lee sets out more details of his plans for government as the administration proposes a 2.5% raise for civil servants. A unionist lawmaker says that's not enough. In Macau, authorities locked down one of the SAR's landmark hotels. The news from RTHK.
very good afternoon to you all and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Wednesday afternoon. Um, we've got a full show for your listening pleasure. Many thanks once again to the newsroom this afternoon and also to Phil Whelan. We've got a full show for Wellness Wednesday. This afternoon we'll be talking about fallopian tubes and reproductive health with Dr. Ellen Loy, who is a specialist in obstetrics and gynecology and also an honorary clinical uh, assistant professor from the University of Hong Kong and she joins us live this afternoon at 1.30 and we hope you can also join us on Facebook Live. We hope to also bring you uh, this interview on Facebook Live. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3 and after the 2 o'clock news once again Cruzy McCallaghan will be joining us for this week's audio column and this week she'll be talking about pizza and finally after 2.30 we'll be hearing an excerpt of an interview with renowned Hong Kong director Alex Law, who sadly passed away earlier this month. Anna Marie Evans interviewed him about Echoes of the Rainbow back in 2010. And as usual, we love hearing from you as well. If you'd like to get in touch with us, feel free to join us uh, on Facebook. Get me, uh, get in touch with me there, Noreen Mir on our, get me there. Oh, you can yeah, leave me a message comment there, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. Or you can uh, drop me an email, 123show at rthk.hk. Postcards from a young man And the song is by Manic Street Preachers Let's go. 